Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. Our guest today is Jim Wexler, a digital engagement expert and thought leader. He is the president of Experiences Unlimited, which is a company based in New York that develops digital marketing uh, campaigns and applications uh, using social media and gamification and other tactics. And Jim is also the conference chair of the Enterprise Gamification Forum 2013, which is going to be held later this month in New York City. Jim, thanks for joining us on Game Changer. Thanks. My pleasure to be here. Jim, what is your story? How did you get involved in gamification? Because you're one of the original pioneers of, of games as a, as a media platform. That's right. Well, yeah, you've got to go back uh, almost actually to the last century to see the roots of my work in the, in the game world. And to not tell a long story long, uh, uh, several years ago I was in the marketing space. I was creating uh, video. I was uh, the head of marketing for a group called Reuters Television. Reuters corporate television used television resources to uh, help companies articulate and communicate their story to different constituencies. And what happened to me, this was in the early 90s, is I heard this term, interactivity. What does that mean, interactive? I'd never heard the word before, 1992. And I knew it was going to matter, and I did some poking around and committed myself to taking my communication skill set in the next direction. I with another partner, started a firm that was dedicated to digital communications starting in the early 90s. And back then, interactive meant where can it be done? It was a pre-web era. So we were doing interactive multimedia at trade events and on kiosks, if you can imagine, and some deliverable media. It was a kind of early for the CD-ROM, actually. But we were looking at ways to deliver on CD-ROM and floppy disk. At the time, we had as our development studio a very talented bunch that also was making games for the commercial marketplace. And we very quickly saw that the most exciting interactivity in the marketplace was game-based, and we were very early pioneers of suggesting and then developing game-based communications for large companies. And way back when, that usually meant promotional deliverables, creating games that were delivered on disk uh, that companies would use to earn media impressions and also drive response. Early games, we did Coke's first game and Taco Bell's first game and the first cereal box game for General Mills, where we created custom content for them that they delivered to consumers in order to move cartons and build relevant relationships. And it all grew from there. 
So those are back in the early days. And I can remember the kiosks being the, the big thing. And so you're doing a combination there with the, with the cereal box type. You're doing a combination of traditional media with uh, things being on discs. Now, you fast forward to today. The obvious difference, of course, is what's going on with the web. But has there been fundamental changes in how people interact with these games? Is, is it just still basic game mechanics all, all along the way? Well, I'll answer that in two ways, and I, I didn't mean to distract us by uh, going back to the uh, ancient, ancient days. It's too long a timeline for a half-an-hour interview, to say the least. But if you do flash forward from uh, those days, the advent, of course, of the web, and if you flash forward past that, then now the advent of mobile, beyond major markers in uh, the uh, development and acceptance of uh, game-based communications in the enterprise. But having been there, I can tell you the arc also follows a couple of other key markers, and that's the change in the composition of the worker themselves. If you think back to uh, the last century, in providing uh, games to the enterprise, most workers were exposed to this, and you might be able to talk about the workers under uh, 25 or under 30 who had already grown up with gameplay and, and the game in their lives. Now, 20-odd uh, years later, uh, it's the entire workforce. Uh, there's not a single component other than the, you know, the kids uh, over 50 who comprise the workforce. The, the vast majority of them have spent uh, years and years interacting with iteratively more complex interfaces, uh, with uh, uh, games uh, that have grown in com- graphic complexity and uh, in Twitch over time, and even seen a shift in the the taste for games from you know the arc of uh, heavy duty console to now the appeal of mobile gameplay, which is bite sized and simplified graphics and and uh, its place in the marketplace. So overall, the mass acceptance and intuitive comprehension of game interfaces and game dynamics as a part of leisure time culture and a part of uh, how we communicate has been cemented. And there are ramifications for that uh, in the consumer marketing space and in internal and employee communications as well. Now, one way that you're quite different you're compared to the guests that we've featured so far in Game Changer, uh, in the past our guests have primarily been either industry experts who are scholarly, if you will, and are taking a more academic look at what's at these trends, and then we have uh, some service provider uh, guests who have products that, that they're offering, whether that's a vertically integrated product along the idea along the such as kiosks where they're focusing on a specific issue or they're a platform uh, offering such as a bunch ball or badgeville your firm is tackling these issues from a consulting and custom work basis as well as from a service offering basis but what how do, how does that mean that you approach things differently well it's it's interesting the for me the timeline and the requirements of clients has always been one of uh, showing them how game development or game dynamics integration uh, can impact their uh, business performance. Uh, 
uh, always have been both outside and inside, doing consumer marketing work and doing uh, em- employer branding and em- employee communications work. Whether it's an internal and external communicator, usually my interaction with them has been problem solving. And I'm a consultant on brand and uh, uh, marketing communications overall with a specialty in this vertical of uh, game-based and game-dynamics-driven work. Uh, many times, being uh, oriented that way, I'll go talk to people, and the solution will be uh, different than a game. It'll be that we need a social media overlay, or we just need uh, to help them tell their story well. But no matter what the solution, I usually end up uh, uh, using the lens of uh, game dynamics and and game-based communications to help solve the problem effectively. But rather than, for the most part, rather than delivering a product and trying to overlay it on their problem, we start from the problem and find a solution for it, which can lead to a fresh recommendation or custom work being specified. So, you know, in that way, uh, we're a digital marketing consultancy or a digital marketing agency with a deep competency in game-based. And just so you know, uh, I'm uh, speaking to you from a a loft space in the Flatiron District with 30, uh, 40, actually, designers and programmers and uh, artists around me because we do, you know, it's full service here. We'll do uh, websites to mobile apps to uh, social media campaigns and so on. Uh, gamification and games are a part of the digital mix and uh, it takes uh, some experience and specialty to be able to do it right but that's what we've been doing for a long time that makes sense and you just mentioned in in one sentence gamification and games and I'm wondering in when you're tackling problems that your clients have do you sort of cover the full range based on their needs or do you tend to uh, favor more of a games approach versus just a pure gamification mechanics type approach? Well, you know, overall, uh, we're driven by game thinking. And I really think game thinking, it's been suggested, and it might be a better term, not that we're displacing the, uh, the, the, the well-named juggernaut of gamification in, our, in the market communications marketplace, but game thinking, which is really applying game principles to delivering experiences and solving problems and motivating people, uh, is what, what we do. Uh, the tendency, because of our experience coming from the design and development side, is to say that uh, the ultimate gamified experience is a game itself. Now, that's not an agreed-to point of view by some of the gamification vendors that, and, and some of the theorists that might have been on your show that are dead set on helping people really draw a distinction and really understand that uh, game dynamics in and of themselves are valuable and that gamification is game dynamics aside from game experiences. Uh, so it, whether that's a debate or two sides of the same coin, uh, I think is part of the uh, the excitement of, of what we're doing at the Enterprise Gamification Forum and the excitement of the marketplace now. I will say that uh, there are gamification vendors that have a, a suite of products that they are uh, purporting uh, will deliver uh, effective game dynamics to anything. Uh, many of the gamified applications out there, in my opinion, are you know glorified report cards, and they really turn games into work rather than making life itself, a game you can play. And uh, that is a move in the wrong direction. Uh, 
uh, one of the key ingredients missing from uh, a lot of those gamification implementations is mastery. The experience of being competent and of achieving something uh, should be at the core and is at the core of what makes a game fun. And uh, it's important to remember that. So uh, we like to think that we can apply that thinking to solve problems as opposed to uh, shoehorning those problems into an app that uh, addresses those dynamics. And it's, it's, there's room in the marketplace for both, I'm sure. Can you give us an example of a project or a case study that you've been involved with that does a good job with mastery? Well, yeah, there are a few. Uh, uh, I'm thinking now first of some of the uh, programs we've done for top clients that involve two things. Uh, First, employer branding, and then really the uh, talent attraction or talent acquisition. They're interesting examples because when companies, and I know your game changers involved with employee communications overall, so this I hope will be relevant for your listeners. Uh, when articulating the employer brand, uh, we really need to uh, invite our future workers to be part of that story and and make it work for them. Uh, Games and self-led experiences in general are appropriate for that. It's like the realistic job preview. I do it, I participate in it, and then I decide whether I fit is uh, an appropriate format for attracting talent and for telling your story or reflecting your culture or your employer brand. And probably the ultimate example of that would be uh, doing it in a game or a a simulation. Uh, The idea of creating a day in the life of a company that I can uh, uh, lead myself through the process of of it and then have encounters or scenarios or experiences along the way that uh, emblemize the milestones of that uh, day in the life uh, is quite effective. And I'll just give you a couple of examples. of we, We've done that over time. We did uh, one of our earliest uh, employer brand exercises was done for Merrill Lynch going back a few years where we created uh, a series of uh, immersive experiences. They were really games uh, that uh, simulated a day in the life of being an investment banker. And these games were distributed to college students and they were challenged. You have what it takes to win. Uh, do you have what it takes to be an investment banker? The idea was to uh, cast a wider net for Merrill, to draw people into this experience so that they would see firsthand. Uh, classically, a bank like Merrill Lynch would go on campus with a with a banker in a red tie, and he would stand at the front of the room and, and talk about uh, how rich they were all going to be someday, and uh, plenty of people would sign <laughs> up. But, but instead, they, they decided to make a self-led experience that they could deliver to students. And we built in... Uh, measurement criteria, not really validated, but measurement criteria so that, for example, to succeed in the game, you had to be a good communicator and you had to be able to uh, put ideas together and present them well. It was one of the underpinnings of the game because they were looking for candidates that were not only good at math or not only good at business, but had that uh, some of those um, right brain skills as well. And it was effective for them. So there are examples like that where you take a business process and you take uh, the key cultural drivers and aspects of the business and weave them in and are able to deliver a meaningful experience uh, to users. And there are many examples of that in training and learning as well, but that's the one that that, uh, came to mind. You've also had a lot of success with game approaches to soft skills and behavior change. 
Yes, uh, it's a huge area for us. Uh, and the marketplace came to us with that, too. Over time, uh, as we started interacting with uh, CLOs and, and uh, uh, learning and development executives, uh, one of the biggest areas, there's really two, you know, one is we need them to understand our products and services, and the other is we need to improve their skills overall. And uh, games are a terrific format for engaging people and having them turn on rather than turn off uh, to content, and it's a great environment for uh, inserting people into uh, realistic uh, scenarios and teaching them and seeing how they respond. Uh, we like to use the metaphor of the flight simulator. You know, the flight simulator is uh, used by the pilot for hundreds of hours before he ever gets to touch the, the real plane. And what it does is two things. It, it, first of all, it, it, it uh, accurately recreates the uh, environment of flying, and then it throws problems at the participant in that environment in order to see how they react. Well, it's the same thing we do for all kinds of soft skills, uh, leadership skills, uh, diversity immersions, programs for ethics. We've done risk culture, sales skills, all of which require people to have a highly realistic experience and be able to respond and then have the machine or the game respond to their input to give personalized responses back, you know, branching dialogue, uh, interactions that when I say X, it gives me a response that is significant and meaningful to X. Those kind of skills, let's say leadership or negotiating or sales skills, I can imagine the benefit of having those be custom for a, a given client, but do you also have uh, some offerings that are that are a little more, let's say, globally available as a, as a service offering? Uh, yes, actually, it's uh, it's good that you asked because it's been an evolution for us over the last uh, several years to recognize that there are uh, a set of universal skill sets that are shared by most workers and that there's an efficiency to delivering it as a universal experience via software. Uh, to be clear, uh, over the last few years for top companies, and we could talk about these examples, but for Goldman Sachs and for MetLife, uh, uh, AXA Equitable, Johnson & Johnson, all these uh, Fortune 100 companies uh, have come to us over the uh, last few years uh, for, to create uh, custom solutions that they can use with their workers. Uh, custom leadership program here and a custom uh, a new employee orientation for the investment bank here and so on. But what we've uh, strived for and came to realize is that it's, it's now possible to create a flight simulator for a given skill set that can be used by all pilots or all employees. And we've launched actually a SaaS, a software as a service, visual platform for learning through which we are deploying these uh, immersive games for people from any company to subscribe to and participate in. And it's uh, getting great response from the marketplace. Uh, our clients over time have said to us, I, I want to do leadership skills, but I don't, I can't, I don't have a $300,000 or a half a million dollars to create a custom leadership simulation. But they can send their people to a best-in-class leadership development immersion by the person and just send a few people or send a 20 people over the year or 50 people to our uh, SaaS platform. And it is uh, ro robust. It's, uh, it culls the best of the content from all the leadership work we've done over time, and it's built to measure. 
you know, all of all games have uh, back ends and can measure and deliver analytics, but the uh, program that I'm describing, it's our program is one that uh, does performance measurement based on the key skills being exhibited so that the user knows where they need to improve and their managers can see in a dashboard who has which skills and can make human capital decisions based on uh, on that readout. So we've taken it from utterly custom to uh, universal deliverable. Uh, it's still avatar-based, uh, 3D environment, game-driven, branching dialogue, but now it's a subscription offering rather than a, a custom offering for the enterprise. When I think of the comparison to the traditional training that you'd have to go through as an employee in most corporations, whether it's diversity training or ethics training or any of these other or, or soft skill training, and you're essentially just watching one bad PowerPoint slide after another, and it's it's just mind-numbingly boring, with the chance to actually play an immersive game, a much more engaging and memorable experience. But what what does something like that cost if they want to do the subscription basis? Oh, the subscription basis uh, is a couple ways to look at it. The way that we've designed the subscription is so that it is a immersion uh, with reinforcement capability. Take the new one we just launched for sales skills. It's called Uptick. And Uptick is named as such because it hopes to uptick the productivity of the salespeople involved. Uh, if a company sent its sales force to subscribe to Uptick and sent us 20 or 30 or 50 or 500 people and they were subscribing, uh, it basically costs $60 a month to subscribe and continue to have your people have access to those new uh, scenarios that we're constantly adding to the uptick uh, module library. So for $700 odd a year, your salespeople have a game-based uh, response system to keep themselves up to speed and sharp. And it's the kind of thing where they can do it you know, before their sales call in the parking lot. I need to just review uh, my rapport uh, building skills or my prospecting uh, needs analysis uh, skills uh, on the fly. So that's the subscription basis uh, cost structure. And that's that's $60 per person per month? That's right. Okay. So, you know, if you sent uh, 50 people uh, at $60 a month, uh, you'd probably spend that three grand a month and uh, and uh, you take it from there. Yeah. Now, later this month, you're going to be launching the kicking off the Enterprise Gamification Forum 2013 in New York. And you, as the as the conference chair, you're kicking off this event with uh, an opening message, which I imagine is kind of a, a state of the union. What are you going to tell all these people that are coming to learn about enterprise gamification as far as where gamification is right now and, and where it's heading? Well, uh, I, first of all, I, I invite all your listeners to attend, and uh, we're going to have a terrific time. We have an amazing roster of speakers coming in New York. We've got the head of workforce planning for Walmart joining us. We've got uh, top execs and digital strategists from insurance and healthcare and banking and consumer packaged goods. It's really an amazing response we got from the, the speaker community and uh if, if it's, a, if it's a, a state of the union on what's going on in the game-based learning and the gamification marketplace, uh, it's, it's a bellwether time for this industry because 
I don't know, even a year or two ago, we couldn't get Fortune 100 executives to come share their perspective and their case studies because there weren't any. Uh, people were, were just starting to incorporate this into uh, the work that they're doing in, uh, on a large scale. So we're excited to have all those speakers. And then I'm uh, meant to uh, set the stage and, and kick it off and do a State of the Union. As the chair, I'll open each of the two days of the conference. And so I, I consider that to be a daunting task to do it and do it right. Uh, it really is my intention on the first day to articulate uh, where we've come from and how we got to the present day and talk about uh, key milestones in the use of uh, games and game-based learning uh, at the enterprise over time and start to articulate some of the, the differences of opinion and thoughts in the marketplace about games versus gamification and, and how it all fits together for customers and for uh, B2B pro uh, delivery and for uh, internal audiences. In other words, I, I really want to set the stage on the first day. On the second day, it's my hope that uh, I can kick off the second day and be a little more philosophical and talk about where it's going. Most of the people in the room have a deep perspective on this and have done work in this area, but to have us challenge ourselves and ask ourselves, what are the implications of uh, the interweaving of game dynamics into human communications? What are all these uh, social media elements and gamification elements implying about human communications and what might it be like in 20 or 50 years, and hoping to paint a picture, a little bit of a picture, of, uh, of the long-range implications and benefits and, and maybe uh, problems associated with the acceptance of games and game dynamics uh, here in the 21st century. You know, we're, we're, we are now uh, front and center in uh, American culture, in global culture, where games are the number one leisure time activity across the world, and I think they probably are the art form of the 21st century, uh, displacing or uh, evolving from film in the 20th century, and you know the the novel in the century before that. Uh, so what did it mean? All the all this game we've got to, we're, we've got to, uh, hundreds of thousands of students graduating from colleges, having spent their entire intellectual careers. Uh, dedicated to this format, many of them with degrees in game design and now gamification. Well, what's it all going to lead to? That's what, I, that's what I hope to do on the second day. And it really is a, a, a fantastic group of people that you have coming to speak, both a lot of people that I've been following in the industry who are practitioners and experts, but as you said, a lot of uh, corporate leaders that are here to share their, their case studies. That's very exciting. On an overall basis, what's the difference between this forum and other events you could go to? For, for example, like the G Summit. How is this different from the G Summit? Well, hopefully they're complementary. You know, uh, the G Summit and the gamification.co folks are supporting us. So we've got uh, their uh, managing editor is on our expert panel on the first day, a uh, great guy named uh, Ivan uh, Kuo. We're brothers in delivering this kind of material on an event basis to the marketplace. Uh, 
I went to the first G Summit. I mean, imagine me in about three, four years ago, and I heard this new term. It's like when I heard the term interactivity, gamification. <laughs> I mean, I've been a game uh, development designer and uh, enterprise practitioner for 10 years, and there's a new word. And then there's going to be a gamification summit. So I bought my ticket, and I flew to San Francisco, and it was a fascinating event because, first of all, every theorist and, and uh, practitioner uh, from Jane McGonigal on down to uh, Professor Reeves from... Stanford University, they were, they were all there. They were all there, and uh, they were all wrapped with attention. And it was a, it was a very interesting event. I, I'd say that if there's a difference, it's that uh, G-Summit focuses more on theory and uh, uh, game studies in and of themselves as being uh, worthy of, of review. And I feel far more strongly that ours will be uh, practice rather than theory. I'm very grounded in the business, and all the clients, as much as I'm a theorist, all the clients want to know is how's this going to impact the bottom line, and how can I incorporate this into my business to uh, improve performance now? Uh, they don't have a lot of bandwidth for uh, philosophizing. And so mm-hmm. I hope that the assembled speakers and the tone will be very actionable, and people will come and learn and come to understand uh, how they can practically apply this to improve business performance. That having been said, the, the theorists are some of the most exciting folks on our dais and that some of the most exciting people around, so uh, we're glad that they're involved as well. We'd like to think we're grounded and practical as a good complement to uh, the highly theoretically driven uh, G-Summit. And how can people find out more about the forum? Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't know uh, when you plan to podcast this, but uh, I want them to know that they should come, and I want them to uh, come to us with any questions that they have. Our website is uh, EGFNYC, that's the Enterprise Gamification Forum, New York City, dot com, EGFNYC dot com. And all the speakers are there, their bios, the agenda, as well as contact information, because anyone who wanted to ask more or learn more uh, can contact us uh, directly via the uh, the website. And uh, I think they'll see the excitement. They'll see that we are still in discount mode so they can get their tickets cheaper. And I, I just really hope we have a good showing from uh, people who are interested enough in this that they follow your podcast and, and can follow through on a, on a good uh, two-day immersion in New York. Fantastic. And how about, how can people find out more about you and your work at Experiences Unlimited? Well, I sure hope they will. Uh, if uh, listening to me uh, uh, burble on here has been attractive to your listeners, there's there's more <laughs> burbling to be had. Uh, seriously, uh, we uh, love to engage with people who are trying to address business problems uh, digitally or uh, via uh, game-based solutions. And uh, my company is called Experiences Unlimited. I, too, have a website uh, at experiencesunlimited.com and more than glad to interact one-on-one with uh, any participant about uh, what they thought of this podcast or about the uh, business problems that they're having. Uh, we're, we're, we're here uh, in the Flatiron and uh, waiting for their call, put it that way. Jim Wexler is the president of Experiences Unlimited and the conference chair of the Enterprise Gamification Forum 2013 in New York City in late September. Jim, thanks for joining us on Game Changer. Pleasure. Thank you so much. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, 
where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com slash engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music.